Hello and welcome to the St. Francis Sunday Sermon Podcast for this, the third Sunday of Advent. Our sermon this week comes from the Reverend Bob Kostler. Enjoy and have a blessed week, my friends. I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the Holy Way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. When I read today's lesson, I was struck by Isaiah's use of the term highway. The words stuck out in my mind. When I think of highways, I think of our interstate system, which we started developing in 1956, or I think about the Autobahn in Germany. The development and popularity of the automobile has changed the world forever, and these great highway systems had an equally significant impact, socially, economically, and politically. When you think about of the ancient highways, most people remember their elementary school history lessons where Marco Polo, quote, discovered China. The Silk Road was the main trade route between East and West and was the road Marco Polo used to reach Chengdu, China where he met with Kublai Khan and lived for several years. The Silk Road was the ancient equivalent of our modern highway, connecting key trading cities, allowing for more effortless movement of goods, of services, and of people. It was central to the economic, cultural, political, and religious exchanges between these regions from the second century BCE through the 18th century. The image Isaiah is most likely referring to, though, is the Persian Royal Road, which is the precursor to the Silk Road. It ran 1,775 miles from the east of the Tigris River to the Aegean Sea in Turkey in the west. It took a traveler three months to cross, while couriers could take as little as nine days if they had fresh horses. There were postal and relay stations at regular intervals, and the highway was well-maintained and protected by various empires throughout history. It was a crucial trade route later extended beyond the Tigris by Alexander the Great, as well as the Greeks, Romans, and Byzantine empires, eventually becoming known as the Silk Road. Although critical to trade, this road had an equally significant impact on religious beliefs and their spread. The religions of the Silk Road included Zoroastrianism, Manichaeism, Buddhism, Christianity, and Islam, as well as Hinduism, Judaism, and Shinto. Some of these religions, like Buddhism, Christianity, and Islam, used the road to spread their message and recruit new members, while others chose to stay within the confines of their original borders. 
Religions have used the image of the highway to reflect the spread of their faith, but also it is the image of the faith journey that each follower takes. Early Christians commonly referred to themselves as the way, which probably stems from Isaiah's verse, the way of the Lord. In today's lesson, we get a fuller understanding of Isaiah's prophecy and promise to Israel at that time and for us today. So what is that promise and how does it apply to us in this time of Advent? The time of our lesson is the period of the Babylonian exile. The Israelites were enslaved by the most powerful nation in the world, and their future looked bleak as well as hopeless. They were powerless in the face of one of the most powerful empires that had ever existed. So Isaiah's message is one of hope, despite the despair that overwhelms them. Through Isaiah's prophecy, God promises a new life, an image that reminds them of God's promise of the Exodus. Instead of leading them out of Egypt, though, into the land of milk and honey, God will lead them on another Exodus and free them from oppression of the Babylonians. God will transform the wilderness and the barren hillsides into places covered with cedars, of Lebanon, along with beautiful vineyards and pastures. God's promise is the new promised land. The years of enslavement have taken their toll on the Israelites. Once a proud and energetic people, they are weakened, lacking the strength for a strenuous journey. So God promises to make the trip easier, even for those most debilitated. God promises to give them strength and courage for the journey ahead. They have nothing to fear. They only have to have faith. The way to God is God's holy highway. God promises a holy way which leads to God's sacred city. The journey is so well defined, guided by God, that even fools cannot but reach its end. Clearly, Jesus knew this passage. When John the Baptist's disciples asked him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Jesus replies with the same imagery. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news proclaimed to them. He is not just quoting Isaiah. He is God's anointed who makes these miracles come true. The signs that God promised those many centuries ago are now coming true in the life of Jesus. His works were visible proof of God's inbreaking into the world. Isaiah promised God's holy highway where the ransomed of the Lord shall obtain joy, gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Jesus points the way leading us along that way on our journey to God. But who helps those struggling along the way? Today we celebrate the life and works of Santa Lucia. The details of her life are hard to pin down. One tradition has her helping Christians who were hidden in the catacombs during the Diocletian persecutions. 
She wore candles attached to a wreath on her head, lighting her way and allowing her to bring as much food as possible to those in need. She brought Jesus' good news to the poor and to the hungry, food to sustain them despite the danger to herself. Hunger remains a problem nationally and worldwide. Food insecurity continues to be a problem in our country, one of the wealthiest in the world. The U.S. Department of Agriculture reported last year that 37.2 million people live in food insecure households. Nine and a half million live in houses with very low food security. They don't have enough money or access to food. And six million children live in food insecure homes along with 540,000 whose households are critically deficient. Families with children are at a higher risk than households without. The report finally points out that food pantries as one of the ways to help those in need get access to much needed nutrition. Jesus promised that the poor would receive good news, and I think this is where we come in during this Advent season. We are all on the same highway, whether everyone acknowledges it or not. And we have an opportunity, we have a moral obligation, as well as a social obligation, to help those in most need. Our food pantry serves roughly 130 families each week. As you can see from the statistics, our pantry fills a critical void. It acts as a partial stopgap against hunger for those families. We may not be able to solve world hunger or even hunger across our nation, but we can make a difference and make an impact locally. As people of faith, we have a responsibility to help those who hunger and cannot afford to feed their families. As we walk together on God's holy highway, think about how you can make someone's journey just a little bit easier. And through our efforts, along with Jesus pointing the way, we will enter Zion with a happy shout. Unending joy will crown us. Happiness and joy will overwhelm us. Grief and suffering will disappear. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.